You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. Amen. I do want to thank the church for the accommodations of this little house, cottage over here. Man, it is wonderful. And we do appreciate Brother Jonathan inviting us to come uh, to this place to share his pulpit. Now listen, church, this is his pulpit. You saying, oh, my grandpa built that. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about as long as God's put him behind this place, it's his. And it's up to him who comes and goes behind this pulpit. Amen. Nobody else's business but his. Amen. And he'll certainly give account for that. I'd like for you to turn your Bible to the book of Solomon. The book of Solomon, if you go to Schofield's page 707. It's a, I always have a hard time trying to find uh, the book of Solomon, but I want to go to chapter number 4 of Solomon, and we'll read chapter number 4 on down through uh, chapter 6, and we'll bring a message today. Uh, Solomon was the wisest man that... that ever been upon the face of the earth. There is no one, according to the Word of God, that's any smarter and wiser than Solomon. I mean, you know, he wrote uh, Ecclesiastes and Solomon, the, the books here in the Bible and the Word of God. And the reason that he had so much sense about him... <coughs> hey man, I found some water. The reason he had so much sense about him, uh, when he come to be over Israel, he asked God, he said, Lord, I need, I need to be able to be king over them. He didn't ask for riches and, glo- and all of that, but God give him the mind, the wisdom of, uh, people come from all over the world, According to the Word of God, the Ethiopian, amen, they come from all over the world uh, to hear Solomon and what he had to say. And I was thinking about that, and in the book of Solomon, if you're not spiritual, amen, this book won't make no sense to you whatsoever. If you tried to take it in, in, in the carnal mind, it, it's a, it would be probably a vulgar book, amen. But this is a spiritual book. This is God's book. It's His Word. Amen. I told you tonight I'm going to give you something special tonight. Amen. And I want you to worship with me today as we read the Word of God. Now there's three types of people that are found here in this passage of Scripture in Solomon chapter number 4. There is the church, the Christ, and the Charlton's. You say, what is they? What are they? They are people who pretend to have expert knowledge and skills. They pretend. They're pretenders. Amen. They're fake. Amen. They're fake. They're, they're actually the lost world. It's the lost sinners. Amen. They think they know everything about God. And, uh, but they're fake. And, and we're going to find it right here in Solomon chapter number four. And verse number 16, here's the church that begins to speak. Awake, O north wind, and come thou south. Blow upon my garden, that the spices thereof may flow out. 
let my beloved, amen, that beloved is the Christ. He said, let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. Amen. It's God's garden. This is God's garden here. Amen. It's not mine. It's not your pastors or any one person. Amen. It's what the Lord has done and what he's doing here at this place. And so he said, let him come, my beloved, come into his garden and eat the pleasant fruits. And then we see the Christ. He said, I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, oh friends, drink, yea, drink abundantly, oh beloved. We see here that in this verse of chapter 5 and verse number 1 that the Lord's coming to His garden. He said, it's mine. I've eaten my stuff, my honeycomb, my honey, my wine, my milk. And it's not stingy about it. He said, eat, old friends. Drink, yay, drink abundantly, old beloved. It's God's will that He bless His people. Amen. He shares all that He has to us sinner that's gotten saved by the grace of God. And then look at verse number 2. We see the church speak. I sleep. And isn't that true? Man, I'm seeing more and more people, more and more Christians, more and more churches, amen, are asleep on God. Amen. He said, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. Hey, God said the church is undefiled. The true church. Amen. The world curses the church and, and, the, and sinners talk about uh, God in the church. But God said it's my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. Then we see the bride or the church begins to speak. I've put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved hath withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul fell when he spake. And I like this. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. I want to stop here just for a minute. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, he said, I'll come in and eat with him. I'll sup with him. Amen. Notice here the church says, I'm asleep. She knowed that the Lord was at the door. She knowed that she heard His voice and know who He was. Amen. I'm telling you, if you're saved today, you know the voice of God. You remember Elijah up on the mountain in the cave of Adullam, I guess it was, and how he's out there and running from Jezebel, amen, and he's a praying, oh God, let me die now, and all of this. Why, that was a fake prayer. If he wanted to die, all he had to do was stay around Jezebel. She's going to kill him. 
Amen. But there he is in the cave. You remember the winds come and the hail come and the storms come. Amen. And he stayed in that cave. But he heard that still small voice. Amen. And when he heard that voice, he wrapped his head in that mantle. Now he come and the Lord asked him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Amen. And so I, I want to say here, he know the voice of God. And if you're saved today, you know the voice of the Lord. Amen. You know when God's dealing with your heart. You know what God's doing for you. But notice, the church wouldn't get up. Said, how can I get up? I've washed myself. Amen. I've done put my garments on and I'm in bed and I'm asleep. And how can... Well, the more she laid there, the more that she decided, I better get up. It's the Lord. Yeah. And when she got up and went to the door, guess what happened? The Lord was gone. Yeah. Notice here, it's verse 6, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved hath withdrawn himself and was gone. Got news for you. You're going to come God's way. Amen. You're not going to come when you want to. Amen. It takes, listen, when the Lord begins to deal and to speak to your heart, you better do something about it right then. Amen. Don't wait. Don't wait and think about it and say, well, I better call on the Lord. I'll go open the door. Amen. He was gone. And the Bible said he withdrawed himself and was gone. And notice what it said. It said, my soul failed when he spake. And here's some, some words that I found true to be in my life. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, and he gave me no answer. How many times in your life and in my life have you called on God and it seemed like the heavens were as brass and it seemed like your prayers didn't get no higher than the ceiling and you're all in a wreck and all in a mess and you're calling on God and it seemed like God was nowhere around and God wasn't listening and, and God wasn't answer. But I want you to know that's a terrible feeling, amen, to a Christian when you call on the Lord and He won't hear He's not there. Amen. Hey, the Bible teaches us if we'll call on the Lord, He'll answer us. Amen. But I want you to know He'll answer us in His own due time. Amen. There's prayers that I've prayed that's never been answered. Amen. But by the grace of God, He'll answer them. Amen. When it, when He wants to. Our problem is when we pray, if we don't get it immediately or see the hand of God on it immediately, we we, we say, well, God didn't want it to be so. Amen. Notice here, she gave him no answer. And then we see the charlatans. We see the people, the sinners, the worldly people. The watchmen, verse 7, the watchmen that went about the city found me. They smoked me. They wounded me. The keepers of the wall took away my veil from me. Amen. Church folks, saved people. You go back out in the world and they'll wound you. I promise you that. Amen. They'll take the veil from you. Amen. They'll smite you. Amen. Your testimony will go way on down. 
down to the bottom. Hey, I've seen a lot of people that loved God. That trusted the Lord and was saved. And you see them no longer in the house of God. You see them no longer doing God's will. Man, they're in trouble. Amen. Hey, listen, notice the keepers of the wild, the charlatans, the fakers, the the people that, that think they're expert in skill and knowledge and know everything. They took that veil. But notice what the church says in verse number 8, or the bride. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him I am sick of love. I was thinking about that as the church had been smoked and beaten. Amen. And she, she was out there seemingly all by herself and God nowhere around. And, and, and the world will wound you and, and destroy you. The devil will do that for you. Now I was thinking about that. He charged them. He said, if you find my beloved, if you see him, tell him I love him. <laughs> Amen. I need him. I, hey, listen, I can't live without him. Neither can you. It takes the Lord in our lives. Amen. And so we see here that, that he made a charge. And here's where I want to take my text in verse number 9. The Bible says this, What is thy beloved more than another beloved? O thou firest among women. Notice that question. Amen. They question said, what's your, what's so special about him? Amen. And said, thou firest among women. Listen, the world knows. Down in their heart, they know the church is right. They, they may curse it and may talk about it and find all excuse not to come and, and, and have their little pity, uh, things in their life and, and, and talk about it. But down in their heart, they know the church is the church of the living God. And she said, oh, thou firest among women. What is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us. And I want to stop here just for a minute. And I want to preach on this thought today. What's so special about Jesus? Amen. What's so special about your beloved? More than another beloved. What's so special about him, church? Amen. And notice here the bride begins to speak and gives an answer. It says verse number 10. Here's the Lord Jesus Christ. My beloved is white and ruddy. The chiefest among 10,000. Hey, glory to God, that's Him, amen. That's the Lord. He's the chiefest among 10,000. His head is as most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of water washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as the bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies, dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with a barrel. His belly is as bright is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth 
is most sweet. Yea, He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Amen. As as the church begins to tell how good God is, how good Christ is, amen, and how He is, amen. He's a forgiving God. He'll take all of my sins and your sins and the sin of the whole world. He already took them to the cross of Calvary, amen, and paid the sin debt for all mankind. Hey, listen, the the church begins to speak about Jesus. Listen, if Christ is first in this church and Christ is first in your life, amen, I want to tell you, you'll start winning people to Christ. You'll start telling about Him. You said, no, I don't say much. They can see my life. The Bible said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Yes. <clears throat> Amen. You may work on the job. And they, your workers, co-workers may not even know that you're saved because you've got it hid. Amen. Listen, we're to let our little light shine. Yes. Amen. The Bible said, let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Amen. Even the world. And so the the churches are telling these worldly people, these charlatans, these fakers, these that think they know it all about the Lord. Now notice what happens in chapter 6 and verse 1. The charlatans begin to speak. Whither is thy beloved gone, O thou fairest among women? Amen. Whither is thy beloved turned aside, that we may seek him with thee? Amen. When we, the church, begins to brag on the Lord Jesus Christ and give God all the glory that He's due all the glory, and we witness and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and how wonderful, how He's the chiefest among ten thousands. He's the Lord. Amen. He's the maker of this whole world. He's created everything that you see. Amen. He's my Lord and my Savior. As the church said, He's my friend. Amen. In verse number 16 said that. But notice here, when we the church begin to start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe some of these sinners will start wanting to seek Him too. Verse 2. The bride answers, My beloved is gone down to his garden, to the bed of spices, to feed in the garden and to gather lilies. Now I want you to think about this. In Solomon's term as he's talking about how the Lord's in his garden and he's gathering lilies. He's gathering sinners. Those lilies are sinners. Amen. And he's, amen. We're seeing one every now and then come and call on the Lord. And he's gathering them down in this old world, in this garden. And he's gathering those lilies, those sinners. Now notice verse number three. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. Among the sinners, he feedeth that. You know, they accused Jesus of, of being a friend of publican and sinners. 
Amen. They accused him of that. Amen. They'd hear what he had to say. They'd flock to him and hear his words. But those old self-righteous Pharisees, those hypocrites, they could care less about him. They'd rather him to die and they did finally do that. Now here's what I want to preach on in this passage of Scripture. Put your Bible marker right here because we're going to come back in just a little bit. What's so special about Jesus? Well, I'd like to try to manifest that here tonight with the aid of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What's so special about Jesus? <laughs> Amen. Number one, He cares when no one else cares. Amen. He cares when no one else cares. John chapter 5 and verse number 1. Turn with me please. John chapter 5. Verse number 1. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to read some of it. There's a man here that's been by the pool of Bethesda for many, many long years. And every year at a certain time, the angel came down and stirred the water. Amen. And whosoever could get in that water was healed of whatsoever disease they had. Let's look at verse number 3 of John chapter 5, verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season to the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever, you might want to underline that, whosoever, it's a whosoever gospel. Whosoever then first, uh, after the troubling of the water, step in, uh, was made whole of whatsoever. You might want to underline that. Whatsoever disease he had. Amen. That's what the Lord will do for you. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years, amen, He's, he laid at that, at that pool. When Jesus saw him lie and, and, uh, and knew that it had been a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. <laughs> hey man, I was thinking about that. He had no one that cared for him. <laughs> He's out that pool 38 years. The only hope he had was to get in that pool. Hey man, he couldn't get there. And no one cared for his soul. Hey Amen. But I see in this passage of Scripture, there's one that cared for his soul. Notice verse 7, The impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Hey Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus cares when nobody else cares. You think your spouse may care. You might think your family will care. But I'm telling you, when no one cares and you have nobody, amen, there's one. Hallelujah. I'm about to have a spell. Amen. Glory to His holy name. There's one that cares. Jesus cares when no one else cares. Mark chapter 4. Turn with me. Mark chapter number 4. 
First miracle. Amen. We know that what the Lord had done and how He turned the water into wine. But in this passage of Scripture here, there's some storms that's starting to take place. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he cometh unto them, let us pass over to the other side. And when he had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And there's the devil there. He's a wind bag. I can tell you that right now. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. But I'm no match for the devil, but Christ is. Amen. He said, verse 37, There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillar, and they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Question mark. Now you know the Lord cared for them. Amen. He gets out on the bow of that boat. He cries, peace be still. Amen. And as soon as he done that, man, the wind stopped, the waves stopped. Amen. And, and he rebuked the wind and the sea. That's what he done. Then he told the, the disciples a question about their faith. He said, why, in verse 40, why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I've heard preachers say that he rebuked them for it. I don't believe he did. I believe he rebuked the sea and rebuked the wind, and he asked them a question. Why are you so fearful? I'm in the boat. <laughs> Amen. I'm in the ship. Hey, praise the Lord. Amen. And they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? On the tell you, when I called upon him in whom I didn't know how to pray to, whom I'd never seen before, when I was a sinner, I cried out to God. And I said, Lord, save my unworthy, wretched soul. Oh, God, I'm going to hell. I need some help. Oh, I tell you what he done. He cared for me. Amen. He saved my soul. Yep. Oh, yes. What's so special about Jesus? Number one, He cares when no one else cares. Hallelujah. Number two, He can go where no one else can go. Yeah. Amen. Hey, He'll go. He said, I'll go with y'all the way. Even until the end of the world. Yes. Look with me there in Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22. Matthew chapter 14, a few pages back. Verse 22. I want you to watch your Bible closely on this. I'm sure your pastor's preached on this many times. Matthew 14 and verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship and go before Him to the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up on the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. Watch your Bible now. But in the ship, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. The ship's in the midst of the sea. In this particular sea that they're in, the, the sea is six miles long, or six miles wide. Amen. Where's the middle at? Three miles, isn't it? Right in the middle, amen. 
And notice what he said. They were tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them. You know what the fourth watch is? It's from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Amen. I'm telling you, how many of you prayed those, those hours? Amen. If it just get daylight, everything will be a whole lot better. You'd be praying over a fevered child or, or something that's wrong. Amen. It's gone wrong. And, and notice here, he's in the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Amen. And say, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. And the scripture goes on and talks about Peter. Peter said, if it be thou, bid me to come. Amen. Jesus is who he is. He always will be. He was from the beginning. Amen. He all the way to the end and from the end to the beginning. Amen. He was with the, with God Almighty. The Son's always been. Amen. I want to say here, in the midst of their storm, in the midst of that storm. Amen. Uh, 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 right in the middle of that sea, here comes Jesus. How many times in your life, in my life that we had storms in our life and it seemed like God was nowhere around and we was praying and crying out for fear and guess who showed up? Hallelujah! Amen! It was the Lord! He said, be of good cheer in his eye, be not afraid. My youngest daughter, her name is Megan. She's what, 22 now? 22 years old? 23. 23. When she was two years old, I come home that worked all day and, and she had been laying on the couch asleep and Megan, uh, uh, had been having a fever for about two days and she couldn't shake that fever. My son-in-law was sitting there on the couch and I'd pulled the recliner, pulled the lever and was watching news or something like that. My wife, she was in the kitchen and she was making supper and she was making biscuits. She had that lard out and, and that flyer and she is making them biscuits. And my son-in-law said, what's the matter with her? And when I turned around, my little two-year-old baby, her arms was stretched out and her eyes was rolled back in her head and she was stiff as a board and shaking. Amen. She was in a seizure. Man, I'm telling you, I come up from there and my wife, she come running. She had flyer over all over her and all over the kitchen. And I live one mile from the hospital. One mile. Man, son, straight to the car we went. I cranked that and I didn't stop at any stop sign. Man, I just kept a rolling. And when I got to the emergency room of Swain County Hospital, I carried my little two-year-old in. She's still in that seizure. Amen. From from the time we left the house, from the time we got the hospital and in that emergency room, I went, amen, help me, help me. Amen, those doctors, they got in there and they were working with her and and, 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 and finally she was starting to calm down a little bit and her eyes come back and cry a little bit and, and here's what happened. Amen, they brought a needle out and they stuck that in that little baby's spine that long. Said we think she might have spinal meningitis. When they stuck that needle on my baby. Oh, I couldn't stand. 
landed and out the door I went. And, and I turned down the hall and there's an emergency door that goes outside. And if you can picture this, this door is a metal door. Amen. And it swings out just like that door, but it was all, it just had a metal frame like that. All the way to the corner. Amen. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Amen. I didn't make it but to that door. And I buried my head. I fell on my knees and my head buried up in that little bitty corner. And I cried out to God. And I called on God. I said, oh God, I can't take it. My little babies are dying. I need some help. Oh God, right in the midst of my storm. Honey, I'm telling you, he come, he come on scene. Amen. They called the Cherokee ambulance because Swain County Hospital couldn't take care of infants. They would put her in an ambulance and to Silva they went. Boy, and I tell you what. Amen. I called on the Lord and, and all the way to Silva. What a long ride. What a long storm that I'd gone through and was in. Amen. Come to find out she had a rotavirus that was going around somehow or another. And she was so hot and fever that she actually it was helping her. Amen. To shake that fever out of her. But I didn't know. But honey, I want you to know she's 23 years old and beautiful just like like her mother, but I'm glad in the midst of my storm, in the fourth watch of the night, hallelujah, the Lord came, amen, and in your life there's been storms, I'm telling you, Christ can come, amen, he can go where no one else can go, in the middle of the storm, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Amen. They cried out for fear. They're already scared, but they cried out more. He said, be of good cheer, it's high, be not afraid. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you what's so special about Jesus. He cares when no one else cares. He can go where no one else can go. Amen. Number three, it's never too late to call upon Him. Yeah, man. I've heard you don't hear it preached much. I've heard, back up in the mountains where I live, they used to preach crossing God's deadline. Oh, they've gone too far. They'll never get saved. Can't get saved. Hogwash. Hey, man, as long as they're breathing. <laughs> hey, your dad, he can get saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm looking for it. I hope I hear the word that your dad got saved. Amen. Your brother-in-law, ever who it was, amen, and family. Listen, God still can. He still can save sinners. Amen. What I'm trying to say, it's never too late to call upon him. Does anybody know the preacher by the name of Mel Trotter? Does anybody know him? I'm going to tell you a story. That I heard, and that's it. I, I I believe it to be the truth. There's a man by the name of Mel Trotter, and Mel Trotter was a sot drunk. He was alcoholic today. Amen. He's a sot drunk. He had a little girl. I can't remember if she was two, two or three or four years old, somewhere around there. And this little girl got sick. Mel was always at the bars, hit whatever money he'd make, he'd drink it up. 
and, and his wife had saved a, a little bit of money. Somehow or another, where people give her, amen, saved a little money, and, and she took the child to the doctor, and the doctor said what was wrong with her, and she had to have this medicine, certain medicine, and you need to get it to her quick. Said, we'll put her in the hospital. Said, we ain't got no money. Said, well, you got to get this medicine quick. Amen. And so Mel come home and, and his wife said, you watch the baby. He said, I've got to go down here to the drugstore. They live in a big city somewhere. And said, I've got to go get some medicine. He said, no, honey, I can't, I can't take care of her like you can. Give me the money and I'll go down and get the medicine. No, Mel. Mel, you'll just go down there and drink it away. You'll just, and our baby will die. No, Mel, I'll go. You stay here. So he talked to her and talked to her and said, finally she reluctantly gave him the money. He said, now honey, go get, go quickly. She, the doctor said she's going to die without this medicine. This supposedly is a true story. Amen. And so, uh, as Mel was going down to the pharmacy, the devil was on his shoulders and telling, he said, there ain't nothing to this. Hey, man, she'll be all right. And he said, you're, you're shook up just a little bit. You need something to calm your nerves. Just one little drink. Just one little drink. And, and then there's plenty of money there. You know how the devil works. There's plenty of money there. Just one little drink. Calm your nerves. You go get the medicine and go back home. Mel listen to the devil. He goes into this bar, he gets him a drink. Then he wants another drink. And he gets another drink. And he stays in that bar until he gets sock drunk again, like he had day after day, week after week, month after month. And the baby died. Mel never did go home. He never come home. And so the people down at the, ch- the churches, they took up money and they, they were having the baby's funeral. But ain't nothing no sadder. <laughs> nothing no sadder than to come down the aisle with a little casket about that long. <laughs> and, and so they took up money and they tried to, to get enough to bury the baby and had the funeral. And everybody's wondering, is Mel gonna come? Hey man, listen. Mel didn't show up to his own baby's funeral. He hadn't seen his wife. And a little bit, the door opened when they was about to close. Here come Mel. Man, you could, you could hear a pin drop. And he was staggering when he come down the aisle. He come down that aisle of staggering. And that little casket was probably no longer in this. And, and, and it was open and he laid on her and he cried and laid on her and laid on her. And then, it, then he left. He never said nothing to his wife, didn't say anything to nobody, but he just left. And you know what Mel had done? He went back to the same bar that he'd been. He'd stole the shoes off of his dead baby's feet. He laid them up on the bar and said, bartender, give me what I can drink with these pair of shoes. I'm talking about a rotten man, a wicked man, needing to be saved, amen. And, and who would steal the shoes off of his own dead baby? You remember when I started this story, did anybody know the preacher by the name of Mel Trotter? <laughs> Everybody thought it was too late for Mel. That Mel could never get saved. He was too wicked. 
called on the Lord Jesus Christ and he got saved by the grace of God. And God called him to preach and as far as I know, he's still preaching today. Supposed to happen somewhere around Spartanburg, South Carolina, but I, I don't know. But that's the story. What I'm trying to say is, it is never too late to call on the Lord. Young girls here all around, the devil wants to mess you up. Amen. You watch these boys now. They're after one thing. Most of them are. And a lot of them's church boys. Amen. You'll come up pregnant. You'll think your life is ended. What am I going to do? Amen. Hey, I want to tell you, call on the Lord. Yes, sir. Hey, man, it's never too late to call on yes. the Lord. Yes. Hey, what I'm trying to say is no matter what you've gone through in your life and you think that you're so mean and so bad that God can't save you, I'm telling you, He can. Amen. He's able to save to the uttermost. Amen. From the guttermost to the uttermost. Yes. Amen. The Lord will save. It's never too late to call upon Him. That's what's special yes. about Him. Amen. He says and declares in His Word. Amen. If a sinner cries out to Him and calls upon Him, He said, I will, I will save him. Look in Romans. Amen. You'll find out. Glory to God. And that's where I got in. Amen. Over there about Romans chapter number 8. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The devil will lie you and say that he won't do it. But he's a liar. He'll save you. He'll help you. He'll go through the storms with you all the way. Number four, what's so special about Jesus? He's a friend that will never forsake you. I told you to keep your Bible marker there in the book of Solomon. I want you to go back. Solomon. Chapter number 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, Solomon chapter number 2. Verse number 6. 16, I mean. Solomon 2, 16. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. We sing this song, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Bible said a friend loveth at all times. Amen. The devil will tell you you're wicked, you're sinful, you done wrong, you messed up, and God don't love you. That's a lie. Amen. God loves his people, and he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm telling you the truth. Amen. He's a friend that will never forsake you. First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Hey, God will go with you all the way. I'm not afraid that he's going to lead me in the midst of the storm. I'm not afraid. Hey, listen, I can't lose something that I didn't have to begin with. Salvation is of the Lord. We talk about my salvation, your salvation. Listen, it's salvation of the Lord. Amen. He done it. He done the forgiving. Amen. He done the saving. He put the Holy Ghost in you. Holy Spirit. And if you have not the spiritual none of his, you're unsaved, you can be the best church member in the world. But if the Holy Ghost is not living inside of you, amen, teaching you to observe all things, what the Lord said, amen, you're lost and you're going to hell. Yes. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth through the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth through the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. What's so special about Jesus? He cares when no one else cares. He can go where no one else can go. It's never too late to call upon Him. And He's a friend that will never, never, ever forsake you. Ever. Amen. Number five, and this is probably about the best. He always saves the best for last. He saves the best for last. Look with me in John chapter 2, verse number 7. Now close. The first miracle that Christ ever performed was at a wedding. You remember the story where He made the water wine? Amen. Now listen, I'm going to say this. When you read wine in the Bible, you've got to figure out what wine it is. Whether it's grape juice, fruit of the vine, amen. What, if they got drunk, it was fermented. The Bible said, what was it in Proverbs? said, look not upon the wine when it turned itself aright and all of that. Notice what took place at this wedding. Everybody accused it. Listen, they accused Christ of being a wine bibber. You remember that? Amen. It's fruit of the vine. It was, Christ had never put alcohol in his lips. He that knew no sin became sin for us. God help these churches think they got to have fermented alcohol for the Lord's Supper. Amen. God help them. Amen. They need to study the Bible. They need to study their book. Amen. Listen, I heard what was Ralph Stanley one time. I was going down the road and he was on on the radio and I hardly ever listened to no Charles Stanley. There in the land of Georgia, I hardly ever listened to him, but 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 I just listened to him. The reason I don't listen to him because he don't use a King James. But he was teaching on wine, and some boy, I'm telling you what, son, that lit a fire under me. Amen. I learned by the time the radio was over there, I learned what wine was. You just got to figure out which wine he's talking about. Amen. And so in, in chapter number two, there's a marriage here. And they run out of wine. Look at verse 5. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's good advice from a mother. That's good advice from a a father. That's good advice from your pastor. Whatsoever he bids you to do, tells you to do, do it. Amen. 
And the Bible said, verse 6, And there was set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. What was they holding? Water. Amen. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. Why? If they had water in them, why did he want them to fill it? Because he wanted it all the way to the brim. Listen, with Christ you're full. Amen. <laughs> you can't hold no more. It's like a cup. It's like a bottle. You can just put so much water in that and the rest of it just runs out. And that's the way Christ is in our life, full with Him. Notice what the Bible said. Amen. That was uh, these uh, uh, three firkins apiece. That's about 25 gallons. That's, that's what they considered, that 25 gallons. He filled them water pots up, or they did. Verse 7, Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, the water that was made wine, not fermented, amen, fruit of the vine, Hey, I'm going to get this. You remember when Christ was eating the supper with, with his disciples before he went to Calvary? He said, I'll not taste of this uh, fruit of the vine until I taste it anew with you in heaven. Amen. Look at verse number 9. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Christ is the bridegroom. Amen. But we know this is the wedding here he's talking about. Verse 10, And saith unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. My point is God saves the best for last. What's special about Jesus? The best is yet to come. Hallelujah! Amen. When I come to this church, I know very few people, just a few names. Amen. Few faces. And when I'm gone, I'll probably remember, I'll forget your faces and maybe even forget the names. Amen. I come here with new brothers and sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. To meet and have a good time with. What do you think heaven's going to be like when we get the glory and we have a body like an under Christ and a mind like under Christ? We'll know everyone. We'll fellowship together forever and ever. He saves the best for life. I'm not going to hell. I'm fireproof. I'm, hey, hallelujah. I'm just like the three Hebrew children. They went in the fire and there's a fourth man in there. Amen. And when they come out, uh, they had no smell of smoke on them. Nothing sins on them. Amen. Listen. The best thing about Jesus What's so special about Him is He cares when no one else cares. He can go where no one else can go. It's never too late to call upon Him. He is a friend, amen, that will stick closer than a brother. He'll never forsake you, amen. He, he always saves the best for last. Church, I hope this has been a blessing to you today. It thrills my heart and my soul to preach about Jesus. Yes, sir. Amen. And I hope you can see Christ in me. But I hope I can see Christ in you. 
Amen. The speciality of this message is Jesus is special. He is to me, He's more precious than gold. Hallelujah. How precious is Christ to you? How special is He to you? Come on, John. 